Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers. And I am your shaker. <laughs> I am Paula Ristini. I am here with a beautiful episode today. I'm so excited to introduce you to Tanya Miesman from Australia, who is doing amazing work in the world. I'm so excited, Tanya, for you to share some of what you're doing and how you how you got to be doing this. So, so ah, it just it's just <laughs> it kind of blows my mind because I love when I see women working with younger women mm -hmm. to help them in ways. I mean, there were there were things that I never had as mm. you know, as a young adult or a teenager, mm. uh, I'm not quite sure your total age range of the girls that you work with. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Paulette. Yeah. I'm really um, honored to be here and any opportunity to spread the word about what we're doing here in Australia, which we hope to eventually take global. Um, so yeah, I run Girl Shape Flames and predominantly, up until now, we've predominantly focused on working with high school aged girls. So here in Australia, that's girls that range from about 12 to 17 or 18 years old. Mm. And um, But what we've seen in the last six months or so, uh, we started a, a Facebook group called Raising Girl Shaped Flames. And I had a lot of parents approaching me with tween aged girls, so aged eight to 12 year olds. Oh, okay. Because they were starting to see already, Girl Shape Flames is all about increasing girls' confidence and self-belief and self-worth and empowerment. And parents of girls as young as eight and nine years old were already starting to see um, a shift in their daughter's confidence and, and a, a challenging of their confidence. And so Ooh. when they found Girl Shape Flames, they would often say, oh, she's not in high school yet, but I feel like I need what you're teaching. So the group now, we actually have parents of, I even have a parent of a one-year-old who's just trying to get a jump on things. <laughs> wow. Okay. Good. Start early. <laughs> Start early. Get ready. Yeah. So we basically um, focus a lot of our efforts on, on sort of those teenage years um, and now a little bit earlier as well. So tell me how the name... I mean, I love the name <sighs> Girl Shaped Flames. How did that, where did that come from? Um, gosh, well, there's a boring story and a fun story. The boring story <laughs> was that I actually wanted to name the company Fuel because this concept of fire and, and our tagline is every girl has a fire in her belly and we're here to fan the flames. Mm -hmm. So I love the idea of fire and fuel and the fact that we are going to fuel those girls flames so that they can reach their full potential. And I went to register it on the business register and it was like, eh, you know, fuel is used in every single business non demand. So I was sitting there literally like pen and paper going, Oh man, I need a different name for this company. And I'd spent so much time sitting and thinking about fuel and, and fire in the belly and girls and, and I just, I come from a creative background. I worked in advertising and marketing for better part of 10, 12 years. Mm -hmm. So I just, I did a little creative brainstorm really and sort of thought about, well, I know it's girls, I know it's fire, I know it's flames. And, and I think it was just one of those, it kind of came, just arrived, girl-shaped flames. And I, I did actually run the business for the first 18 months under the name Fuel that then, then had girl-shaped flames written underneath it. But what then I found was that the girls themselves started referring to what they were coming to as, oh, we're going to that girl-shaped flames thing. And, oh, yeah, I'm a girl-shaped flame. And I was suddenly like, oh, right. So that's what 
that's what's resonating. So oh, I ditched cool. fuel. Yeah, I ditched fuel about 18 months ago. And now from then on, it's always been girl-shaped flames. And we have our little flame pins that the girls get, Oh, which is a little, I don't know if you can see it there. Oh, I love it. Girl inside the fire. So all the girls that come and do our events, they get those little pins. And then I have all the moms being like, can I get an extra one? (laughs) (laughs) These are moms who want one too. That's so cool. Well, so you've been in corporate work and Mm. what, what inspired you to, to kind of change course? Look, I always reflect on it as a culmination of all of the things coming together in one of those moments. And I've been very much a driver of my own direction all of my life. I've always been quite um, clear in what I wanted to do. That doesn't mean I didn't change that what I wanted to do 20 times, but I was clear in the moment (laughs) of what I wanted to do. And so um, I, but what happened was that I had, um, long story short, I I had an advertising and marketing career which spanned Australia and the UK working for big agencies and big brands for about 10, 12 years. And then I followed my own passion into filmmaking because I'd always wanted to, I'd always been into drama and writing and all those things. And, and I became a, I went through production and became a film producer and um, over in the UK and here, made our way back to Australia, got married, started a family and just found the level I was at of filmmaking. I was very senior and it was very hard to juggle raising a little one and my first son was um, very little when I took a job of head of production at a film company and it was it was a bit too much to try to do that and, and raise a little one and so we decided to relocate up to Queensland from Sydney and when we got here I took a job as head of marketing and comms at a, a school at well a set of three high schools and it was there that I actually started having lots of conversations with parents and they were talking about academics and futures and things, but more often than not, the conversations would turn to, in the case of the daughters in particular, what was going on with them emotionally and the struggles they were having. So that was already starting to kind of get into my subconscious about there's an issue here. And I've been a very confident person all of my life. And so I don't know that I was altogether aware of how bad it had gotten in recent years, the struggles and the challenges that girls have been facing until I started thinking about it. And then I realized that actually I have been mentoring professionally um, juniors all of my life and and mostly girls. And when I was mentoring them, it was because they didn't have the confidence to push themselves forwards in their careers. So I would be the cheerleader going, of course you can do that. You're more than capable. Let's just try and off we go. And and so I had a junior, a girl working for me who was out of uni who was struggling with her own sort of being able to direct her confidence very well. And, and um, I was at the same time mentoring a very dear friend of mine who's a younger girl in my film company and she was very, uh, at the time, she's much better now, but she was really struggling with confidence and self, a lot of self-belief issues. Like I'm not good enough or I'm not talented enough or worthy enough. And it just came to the point where I knew I wasn't, I, I was pregnant with my second, what ended up being a son. Um, and ironically, and I, I knew I wasn't going to be going back to the high schools to continue. My work was kind of done there. So I was literally in a dog park one day with a dog not like not just hanging out <laughs> I had my dog, hanging and out, dog park. <laughs> hanging out yeah as you do 
And uh, I was at the dog park and it was just in Australia. Um, we have these huge, enormous gum trees that are really tall. And, and we had this dog park with all these gum trees and the sun was setting. And I used to be a scout. So here in Australia, girls can be scouts. I know in, in the States, I think you have boy scouts, but here. You have boy scouts and girl scouts. Yeah. So here it's combined just into scouts. And, and I was a scout when I was in high school, three years. And I was thinking about the girl from my film company. I was thinking about the girl from my current company. And I was thinking about all those parents that were worried about their daughters. And I was like, you know what? We just need to take all these girls. We need to like gather them up and like go bush or something and take them out where we can really sort of work with them on how capable, how worthy, how valuable they are to themselves, to society, to their families, to their futures. Like we, and myself and this other amazing woman I know, and oh, I'd bring this other amazing woman I know, and oh gosh, I definitely need that woman. We'd take them all out there and we'd be like, come on. So it was in that moment that I thought, I think that's, I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to do something like that. So I came home, ran the numbers to, to do like a camp. And then it was really expensive. So I went, whoa, I can't do that. Let's start smaller. And then instead we started um, just doing events. We did sort of like Q&A, interactive Q&A events with some sort of semi-famous people here in Queensland and mentoring and workshops. And it grew from there, really. With the premise always being about the power is in the role modeling. So our tagline is about the fire, but then we say we connect teenage girls with extraordinary women from a range of backgrounds and industries. And that's where the power lies is, is showing them women's pathways. It could be young women. I've, I've connected them with other 17 year olds who are outstanding all the way through to, you know, retired CEOs and scientists and like, that's where the power lies. And that's what I knew was always going to underpin girl shaped flames. Wow. <laughs> I, I just love that. And I, I wonder where or why these young girls have such issues with confidence. Mm, I mean, it feels yeah. like it's more and more and more and more than it used to be, or is it just more open? Look, I think it's, it's absolutely both, but this, the research is showing us that the statistics continue to climb and exponentially over the last 20 years and um, at a sharper rate to boys. And that's where the difference lies, is that boys still see a drop in confidence once they hit the teenage years, mm -hmm. but their drop in confidence will only be around that sort of 10, 8 to 10% mark is the notable drop in confidence. Girls on average will drop 30% in confidence between the ages of 12 and 14. And so that's, if you can think of yourself now today, and if you woke up tomorrow 30% less confident, imagine the shape your life would take and, yeah, no. and the impact that has. So obviously it doesn't happen that fast. It erodes, but there are so many contributing factors today that are different than they were when we were all that age. And that's what cre has created this exponential impact. And a lot of, there's a lot, I don't need to go into all the detail, but a lot of people jump to blame social media, uh, which, which does play a very significant role in what is happening. Yeah, I bet. Um, but there's a lot of other factors as well, because the way I speak about it often is that we're raising a generation of kids that are living a very unstable life in an unstable environment. 
So the quick version I give is that we grew up with war and they're growing up with terror. And the difference is that we, um, war, war is predictable. Hi. My dog's going out for dinner. <laughs> Sorry about that. There. Okay. It's fine. Good now. <laughs> good, good. Oh, so darn. Mine. We, we grew up so with war. We grew up with war. Now, war is predictable. We know who's about to go to war. We know where it's going to take place. And we kind of can predict what's going to happen as it unfolds, you know. Um, at least back then, it was much more predictable. Today, and they have grown up, they've never known a world without terror. So these girls were born after September 11. And so they've never known. And terror is unpredictable. And you can't, it will happen anywhere, anytime. And to, to live with that underlying sentiment is very unnerving. Um, and then we have financial crisis. So many of these girls have been born after 2008. Um, or a number of them that are now coming into their teens have been born after 2008. So they've never lived in a world without financial crisis and all people being worried about their jobs, worried about in, um, financial instability. The environment, granted, has been under threat for many, many decades. But uh, again, the research shows exponential growth in the last 20 years of impact on whether it is um, the air, the forestry, for us, the Great Barrier Reef, that's all, germed, mm. that's all coming right up. Um, and then we have information. So social media is one thing, but actual information and the delivery of information since the internet started and whatever it was, 96, again, um, that provides a, an environment where they don't have the cognitive function to actually sift through information in the way that we do, where we can decide, oh, that's not necessary, that's not necessary their brains are not mature enough yet. So instead they look at every piece of information and they have to spend time figuring out whether it's necessary or not. So uh -huh. the impact on their minds. Wow. And then of course, social media and, um, you know, we've always had media influences, celebrities and, and body things and all the rest of it, but it's so visible. It's so much more visible. Right. Now. And it seems so, um, you know, on some level, there's so much beauty and support and whatever, but on another mm. side, there's so much competition and yeah. visual, visual, yeah, visual competition and, and it's inescapable. That's the other thing. They can't, there are very few corners of the world um, where kids are growing up that you can go to and get away from that constant imagery. And then when you bring social media into it, it's a constant um, potential for judgment or potential for comparison. And it's that it's exhausting. It's uh, unpredictable. It's unstable. So there's no wonder when we look at all those things that we go, wow, how's a 12 year old coping at the moment? <laughs> you know, then you, you know, introduce I'm, hormones. I'm, I'm and listening to you going, you know, I didn't, I didn't have any of that. Yeah. Growing yeah. up. I mean, of course, everybody has their issues and their, you mm. know, the world is continuously changing, but mm. um, that's just, that's mind blowing on so mm. many levels. And, mm. and I don't have children. So yeah, you know, yeah. I, I only see that through acquaintances yeah. and nieces and nephews and whatever. Um, yeah. uh, but I just love, so you know, in my line of work, of course, through the dance and through coaching and writing, I'm always about mm. empowering women. Mm. And I, I don't specifically work with kids, but my 
the women I've certified have worked with kids and bringing dance and mm. empowerment and mm. tribe and gathering yes. um, and support. Yes. I mean, yes. I think the big thing is support and bringing together instead of mm. com competing and, and uh, segregating. Yes. Uh, yes. It's just so beautiful. And we all need, I mean, we all, we, we need tribe. We need yes. And yes. so do these girls. Right. Yes. I mean, sort yeah. of kids. I mean, everybody. <laughs> everybody does. Everybody. Everyone benefits. <laughs> Everyone benefits. And it's ironic that in the increased connection and connectivity that we have in the world right now, what we really are seeing is increased separation. And you throw in stuff like parents needing two incomes these days. So you've got two parents working full time, yeah. which means there's not that um, it takes a village to raise a child. There's not as much of that anymore. And, but that's where we, we see exactly the same um, benefit as you're talking about with the, the dance and the coming together when we, when we were prior to COVID running out right. um, live events, because at the events, these girls would come and they would find other girls who were at the same stage of emotional and mental development as them. So they might be, um, we get a lot of introverted girls coming to Girl Shape Flames, actually. They're trying to find themselves and find that tribe. And we've seen some, the camp that we, I do, I now run a camp. So, you know, my story before <laughs> where I was like, I'm going to do a camp. Whoa, it's expensive. Uh, 18 months into Girl Shape Flames, I was so proud to finally run our very first Camp Courage. And we've run three now so far. We take 40 girls, literally out bush. Um, they do get slightly fancy tents, but we go out bush and we take them for three days and I do exactly what I always dreamed. I bring women in. I run it with a very good friend of mine, Kai Fano, who's a Hollywood stunt artist and a survival expert. Wow. We take out there. Yes. Like Kai. <laughs> I know. It's so fun. I get that from the mums as well. They're like, oh, can you come too? Run one for, run one for adults. <laughs> so again, like the friendships that have, and the connections that have blossomed out of that situation, bringing the girls together um, and giving them a safe place to, to really sort of figure themselves out. And that's what a lot of Girl Shape Flames is about. It's about, you know, the way you are going to navigate this world confidently um, and, and live a life. I always say to the girls that when I tell my life story, I look back on it and I'm so proud. I'm really proud of what I've achieved. I'm proud of myself and how I've managed situations. I'm proud of, and, and like there hasn't all been roses. There's been a lot of bumps in the road, but I'm really proud of it. And I want for every girl that comes across Girl Shaped Flames, what I want for them is to figure themselves out understand themselves and believe in themselves that they too will have a journey where they make choices and take on opportunities because they know it's something that they want and it's, they don't say no because they're afraid or they're worried about the outcomes. And if they can do that, they can sit in my shoes when they're my age and go, I'm really proud of my life. I'm proud of what I you know, have experienced. And so that's, that's what we try to ingrain in them, whether it's our events or courses or whatever it is it's about understanding yourself and what you're really, really capable of. And, and being able to stand up and show up and say, yeah. this is what I yeah. do. This is what I've done and be yeah. proud of it instead yeah. of feeling like you're bragging. Oh, and Australia is the worst for that. No, no disrespect to my home country, but we, <laughs> we have tall poppy syndrome over here where, where again, they can, the girls can get very self-conscious about, 
that about achievement? Oh, you know, it's not only Australia. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad. I'm it's glad. A, I mean, that's what I work with that so much with my clients. And it's like, it's, it's not selfish. I mean, it's okay. selfish in a good way. Say, yeah, but it's it's factual. I, I try to say to the girls, it's factual. You are stating a fact. I'm good and, at this thing. And I want to see what you do, and I want to know what yeah. you do, and I want you yeah. to inspire me, and I want to inspire you, and, yeah. and we want to support each other. And Yeah, because it's all bringing, what I try to say to the girls is, you're bringing you to the world. You don't exist anywhere else. Whatever, you know, shape of your talents or your body or your thoughts or your opinions or your dreams that's what we need you to bring that to the world. And when I connect them with these different role models and they tell their stories, which are so varied and, and interesting, what the girls really take away from it is that you brought your uniqueness to that situation, yeah. to the community and you, and something great came from it. So then we all stand there in front of them as adults now saying, that's what you're going to do. You're going to bring your uniqueness and it's going to be amazing. Like imagine what you can do. Look at all these women, what they did. So that's kind of, that's like, I get a bit rah-rah about it. <laughs> no, 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 I think it's great. I think it's great. And it's so, what, what's fascinating is that um, here you are working with these younger girls mm. to get them and to shape them and to teach them and show them and mentor them. And mm. I'm working with women in midlife who need mm. the same thing. Yes, yes. I mean, so, yes. I mean, we all need it at some point. I think we all need support. Mm. We all need encouragement. We all need someone to help guide us through whatever steps, mm. whatever, you know, journeys we're on. We mm. take new journeys. We need guidance. We, you know, continue mm. journeys. We need guidance. And, and, and it's Absolutely. okay to ask for help. Yeah. Right? And we all need cheerleaders. I think yeah, that's a big thing. Totally. We all need people to believe in us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We need, the, we need everybody. Um, and so, so, okay, Tanya, so how, how does this feed you? Goodness. I, I want to talk about you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think I have thought about this a lot because I'm a real doer and I've always, I've always gone in and just done a job, done it well, and then gone on to the next thing and the next thing. And, and it, it, I never really in my life until I started Go Tech Lens three years ago, did I ever really think, well, what is it you like you actually want to do? <laughs> you know, I'm out there just doing jobs. And I, and I loved working in advertising. I loved working in film and film is definitely my, yeah. um, my heartland. But the, I almost don't get any more fulfillment than when I'm sitting opposite someone and I can say to them, I can see you and I can see what you will be able to do. And I can, and it sounds cliche, but it is all about potential. And so when I get to sit with a girl and it used to be when I was working with older um, young women, but older girls in professional sectors. But now when I get to sit with a girl and I can see her questioning herself or worried and, and I can look at her in the eye and say, I just can see you and I know what is inside you and I know what you are going to be able to do, even though you don't know that yet. <laughs> and I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you see it. I'm going to help you find it, fan it and go do something amazing. And then I get to watch her do that. And that for me, 
I feel like I've lived an enormous life. I've, I've, I've fed my own flames and fire for many years now doing what I loved. Mm-hmm. Now what I want to do is I want to make sure what I get out of it is, is making sure that every girl that I ever come across really truly knows that someone believes in them yeah. enough that then until they're going to believe in themselves enough to go and do it. Wow. That's what feeds me. That's why I do it. Oh, I love that. I, which I can totally re- relate to, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so for you on this journey, what's been hard? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bit I didn't... We have, no. <laughs> oh my God. Look, yes, I can probably bullet point, but I um, the thing I didn't, I didn't really make super clear about my dog park story was that I was four months pregnant with my second son in that moment that I came up with Girl Shape Flames. And I'm one of those, I don't like the word workaholic, but I, I get a lot, I take a lot of, of self-value and work worth out of doing and, and working and, and achieving and things like that. that. That's what drives me often. And so it wasn't, you know, I, I sort of half, my, I remember my mum was in town and we went to lunch and I was telling her, I think I'm going to like do something with young girls. I think I really want to do something that's more mentoring and stuff. And she's looking at me and by then I was about five months pregnant. She's like, <laughs> oh, in like a year or two. And I'm like, no, like now, I think. And mum's like, what are you doing? I was like, no, I think <laughs> now. So I gave birth. I like to joke. I gave birth to both Girl Shaped Flames and my, young, my youngest son in the same week. My website went live. I'd already been working on Girl Shape Flames for six months, but my website went live with 16 events ready for booking the week that I gave birth to Toby. And we had a a situation. He was absolutely fine, but he did end up in special care for a couple of days. And so I was up in my hospital room on my own, kind of just waiting to go down and feed him from time to time. So I'm like, on my computer, (laughs) making sure everything's okay. Looking after the other baby, basically. And um, I was on stage with Stephanie Rice, who's one of our Olympic uh, gold medalist swimmers. I was on stage with her when Toby was 10 weeks old. um, And that was the very first event we ever ran of Girl Tech Flames. So when we talk about what was hard, I would say that it wasn't so much getting to that point that was hard. I would say that it was that first year of trying to raise a baby with a two-year-old as well. My eldest was two at the time and, and try to launch something enormous because I don't do things. (laughs) Um, I was like, Oh, I'll pick the biggest. I, I went through this phase where I was like, oh, maybe I should just go to a town hall or something. And I was like, no, Tanya, you always tell the girls, start at the top and work your way down. So you're calling the Brisbane Powerhouse, which is the biggest venue we have in Brisbane, and you're going to say, could I please come and run these events there? So I kind of did it like a joke. And then they were like, yeah, this sounds amazing. We'd love you to come and do it. I'm like, oh, crap, now I've got to do this at the Powerhouse. So somehow I got myself into the situation. So that that was hard. That first year was hard. And um, certainly... Uh, look, I'm never shy in talking about um, mother guilt because that's something that every, I, I think almost everyone who's a, a parent experiences at some time in their life, but certainly people who are very career driven and mm-hmm. they get self-fulfillment through work and doing, it gets difficult to then go, oh, I'm supposed to get all of my fulfillment from babies 
and I'm not supposed to want or need fulfillment from work anymore. And you go, but hang on, I just don't function like that. That's very hard. So really wrestling with that from when he was about a year onwards going, oh gosh, I'm not paying enough attention. I'm not spending enough time. Blah, blah, blah. Um, financially, it was really hard to get off the ground. I, I went very big, very fast and, and, and started on the back foot financially with that. And it felt like I've been trying to crawl out of that hole for the last few years. I'm not a naturally, I, I like, I'm just not a natural business person and I'm okay at it. But I remember saying to people when I was in advertising, people would always say to me, you should start your own ad agency. You'd be great at it. Cause I'm a bit of a leader. And so they'd go, Oh, you should run your own ad agency. And then I went into film. They were like, oh, I should run your own production company. And in <laughs> both situations, I would always be like, over my dead body, am I starting a business? There is no way I want any part of that. I just want to come in, do my work, get paid, get out. And then I didn't even, I joked that I didn't even realize I was starting a business. I thought I was just going to run a bunch of events, make my maternity leave money, and then sit back for a year and just ah. kind of like a baby. And then it turned out quite soon after I started Gossip Things that I actually had a business. So that's been tricky. And, and how long ago was that? So, well, Toby turns three next week. Okay. So, yeah, three and a half years since I kind of started the idea. I love, I love that whole picture of you being pregnant. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, <laughs> talk about fertility. Talk yes. about women creation, right? Yes. And I, yeah, that's yeah. so powerful. And I, what was oh, the other interesting moment in the dog? Well, cause I, we hadn't found out the gender yet. And so when I'm in the dog park and I'm having this epiphany and I'm like rubbing my belly going, Oh, it's a little girl. Oh, I'm going to have a daughter and I'm going to run girl shaped flames. We're going to do it together one year. Blah, blah, blah. And then we go to the scan and we're like, Oh, we'd like to find out the gender please. And she's like, Oh yeah, you can see it there. And I'm like, you can see what? She's like, you can see it right there. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and I just, I honestly had to take a moment. I was like, all right, not a girl, a boy. Okay. That's not, that's not how this was going to pan out. Um, that, but that, you know, that girl energy though was coming through you. It, it was. And, and now obviously I love my two sons more than life itself. And, and I'm raising as best I can, um, very fem, you know, feminist boys as best I can, which is tricky when one of them's really into trucks and one of them's really into tools. But, um, but I, I, instead, I literally have hundreds, probably close to a thousand now girls. I've worked with over 3000, but some of them are big school environments. But I have like hundreds of girls that I now kind of play auntie to, to a degree. So I have so much of that daughter. And we now work with, I now work with parents. So we've just started our um, parenting course, the Courageous Parenting course. So I get to kind of hang out with all the other parents and talk about the daughters now. So yeah. Um, so I, I sort of feel like I have that pseudo. pseudo That's so good. You know, I... <laughs> I have the same thing in a different level because of all yeah. the women that I've taught around the globe. Yeah. They all call me Mama P. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm like <laughs> Grandmama P, you know, because now they have <laughs> their own their own tribes and children, and it's yeah. the same thing. I mean, it's that beautiful nurturing, nourishing, teaching, leading, mm. sharing, building, mm. networking. It's yeah, it is. It's very really fulfilling and and um so on such a different level to 
I was very proud of my achievements in my previous careers. And that's the language I would use around it is that I achieved these things and I was always the youngest at everything and I would always get promoted and la la la. But now it's not about achieving and it's not about um, moving up some sort of a ladder. It's about what's the next thing I can do and offer the girls that's going to impact them and help them and, and change them in some way for the better. Like that's what now my energy gets to go into. Um, but the final thing, just on your challenges and struggles, um, there's always, and, and people I think, especially women, especially women in business, um, is the, the imposter syndrome. And that's something for me, I've never really felt before because I've always felt like I've gone into jobs or projects qualified. I'd be like, I'm the best person for this job. Oh, I've done seven films. I can definitely do this. Or I've worked on Nokia and Virgin and all the rest of it. I can handle whatever. So I would often go into jobs being like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. This is fine. But coming into Girl Shaped Flames, not no teaching background, um, not a mother of a teenage girl. And um, all, even down to the fact that I'm not someone who has low confidence, I would sit there and, and tell myself late at night going, what are you doing? Who are you to talk about these things? Like you have zero qualification. And then I would do it anyway because I'm stubborn. And I, the girls, like just to see the impact on those girls and to speak to the parents afterwards and to have them genuinely coming to me saying, what do I do? And how do I help my daughter? And for me to be able to impart advice yeah. that just comes from my own life experience and, and by working with thousands of girls to then have them come back to me later and say, Oh yeah, I tried that. And that was so good. And Oh, we're so great now. And da, 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 da. I was like, okay, so you don't have daughters and you haven't got an educated background, but you, all you have to look at is the impact of the things that you are offering the girls is actually having that's, that's your that's your qualification basically. Well, and you are so I do have to keep reminding. Strong and you are driven <laughs> and I mean come on. <laughs> well, someone did say to me once I had a great a great woman who gave me some good advice when I was telling her about, "Oh, I'm really confident and I, you know, people who people who start these kinds of social enterprise things normally come from a place of struggle where they go, "I really struggled with whatever this hard thing is and therefore I'm going to start a thing about it." And I was like, oh, so maybe I'm not allowed to do this. And maybe I should be talking to someone who overcame their confidence should be doing it. And the woman who, um, Wendy, she was so right in that she said, but what people are going to do is they're going to look to you and say, I want that. I want that for my daughter. I want her to be like you. And I want her to, so if you can help impart, like, what's your secret sauce? Like, how do you do it? Uh -huh. Then that's what's going to help them. And I'm like, yeah okay I can do that <laughs> so it's but it's been a journey like it's been a journey but a really really good one. Oh, it's incredible it's beautiful it's so powerful and so necessary and mm. again you know I mean like I said there was nothing like that when I was growing up yeah but the world mm. was a different place it was and that community you were talking about, you know, there was villages raising children. There was community. There were parents at home with you. And yeah. that's, what's different. And that's why things like Girl Shane Flames, people do get drawn to it very quickly because they're looking for villages and they're looking for communities to try to help support. I got a bunch of people I want to connect you with. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> a bunch of my girls over there in Australia for sure. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So good. So, um, oh, 
Well, thank you for spending time with me. Thank you so much for having me. And really thank you for it. the work that you are bringing to the world and sharing with the world. And, you know, it's just, it's just magic. It's just making life livable. It's making life fun and joyful mm -hmm. as it should be. Cause we are here to feel good in our skin. We are here to feel good with each other and support yeah. each other and do the yeah. things we are meant here to, to be yes. do. Yeah. And so, yeah. so being able to share that with those young girls is amazing. And, and the, the impact it makes on you. Yes. Makes you even stronger and, yes. you know, uh, being able to spread yourself more. Yeah. Um, we didn't even get into like self care or whatever, but we, <laughs> So it's probably not my probably not my strong point. I uh. <laughs> okay, okay. I could lecture you on that one. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I get it from my uh, my event coordinator all the time. Um, but yeah, and and that's unfortunately the payoff when you've when you're driven and you'll know this when you're driven by something that feels so much bigger than you. Mm. It's hard to not always want to be fulfilling the opportunities that are in front of you because you just think this is going to be so good for them and this is going to be so good for them. Um, but I certainly actually, the only thing I will say about self-care that I'm getting better at is I have a very good dear friend of mine who also runs a, a youth program called Amanda from Shine From Within. And she's opposite of me. She is vegan, very slow, very gentle. She runs a gentle business mastermind. It's all about self-care and everything. Whereas I'm like, <laughs> da, 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 da. And her and I have started quarterly, um, just the two of us, quarterly business retreats where we go up to the Sunshine Coast for two, three days and just the two of us and I'm there with my da, 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 and she's like, come on, let's go for a walk or come on, let's go have some food. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, I can kind of get used to this. So I have become more intentional Good. in trying to trying to find that time. And, to... and you know what? And, and I know you know this, uh, mm. but that's really important to uh, impart to the girls too. Yes. Yes. You know? And I mean, I've been there. I understand. I was yeah. 24 seven driven, 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 driven until yeah. I, until I fried. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, don't want to go there. So now I'm no. all about the self care and, mm -hmm. you know, you got to find that beautiful space for yourself so you can keep giving back doing what yeah. you do. Yeah. Yeah. That was one thing that, that resonated with me recently when I think it was even my, my event coordinator Saskia said, She's like, if you fall over, that means the girls have nothing. Like the girls don't have what we are doing here if you fall over. And I was like, okay, yeah, good point. Um, so I am getting better at it. I am. And, and building a team and stuff like that helps. And, and reaching out to get people to take workload off yes. me really yeah. helps. Asking, asking for others. Asking for Getting support. Yourself. Yeah. We have a thing uh, I started um, at the end of last year called patrons of fire. And that was, I was being approached by so many women and men who were saying, God, we love what you do. We want to support you. And I was like, well, money supports people. <laughs> so I started at patrons of fire and, and they make a financial contribution, but that contribution goes towards us supporting girls, um, who access one of our mental health facilities here in Queensland. Um, but what that has also created is my own little mini tribe community. So now I've got about 60 odd patrons. Oh, it's actually, we're nearly up to hundred now where I can just reach out to all of them whenever I need support in something. I'll say, I need some help with this or does anyone. Oh, that's that? amazing. 
That's and I've got, I've built, yeah, I think something said to me at the end of last year, you're going to die if you don't kind of help get more support. And so now I feel like I do have that support because they're all just waiting in the wings wanting to help. And that's, um, I mean, because because people want to do that. People want to help. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that is so hard for some women to understand that mm. you can ask for help because someone wants to help yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. That was very hard for me to learn. It was very hard. I've been such an independent person all of my life. And, and I actually, when I came into Girl Shape, when I started it, I thought one of my biggest struggles was going to be convincing women to give me their time. I, I would approach people saying, <laughs> I'm really sorry. And if it's okay, it's only going to be an hour and, and I can, I can even just do it on video. And I was so, and instead what I have, I honestly have a black book of about 400 women who have all said, can I come and do something? Can I come and work at an event? Can I come and speak to the girls? Can I give them a mentor? Can I give them a yoga lesson? Can I, whatever. And I'm like, just a second. I don't have enough time in the day to do all these things. But it is, that has been very cup filling to, to have this, have this enormous response from women and men in the community who also have recognized how important it is that we support girls as early as possible um, so that they can become women in our society who are happy and fulfilled and, and confident and, and, you know, living their best life. So, oh yes, all round, just lovely. <laughs> okay. Well, again, thank you. Thank you for that thank work. You. Thank you for following your, your fer fertile vision. Yes. Yeah, very. <laughs> your fertility you. version. Vision. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I've never thought really of it like good. that, but you're really absolutely good. right. <laughs> And, um, and everybody you. out there in heart and hustle land, thank you for spending time with us and for listening to Tanya's mm -hmm. story. And I will give you all her links and she actually has a gift for some of you. You can read yeah. all that in, in the blog and um, it's so good. And I'm so grateful for all of you to be here and support me and support mm -hmm. this vision of continuing heart and hustle to bring you these beautiful magic makers. <laughs> Uh, of the world and to inspire all of us to keep living our best life, our fullest life, to live with joy and to give back to the world as well. So blessings to everybody. I love you. We'll see you next time. Mwah.